Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched. All right. Montreal just kicked a field goal. So CFL tonight, 5-15 left in the third quarter, 18-9. Toronto leading Montreal. NBA Finals tonight. Golden State with a chance to win the series. Final minute of the first quarter. Golden State up 24-22 on Boston. The Blue Jays lost today 10-2 to Baltimore. Canadian Adam Hadwin has a one-shot lead after the first round of the U.S. Open. And we just had Carter Such on the show from the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. They are going to the Memorial Cup, and we'll keep the Memorial Cup theme alive. I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports the president of the Hamilton Bulldogs of the Ontario Hockey League. It is Steve Steos checking in. Steve, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for uh, hopping on tonight during a busy time, and I know it's a little bit later for you. Hey, Steve, before we dive into the Memorial Cup, I know you're busy with your team playing, but I got to ask, uh, did you have a chance to check out any Oilers playoff games, you know, see the vibe in Rogers Place in a nice district and, uh, and all the fun the fans were having? Yeah, I sure did, Reed. I mean, obviously it's... Uh, Edmonton is a special place for me and my family and uh, um, you know it's always uh, it's nice to see the team having some success and uh, what a great great atmosphere always uh, always regular season or playoffs but especially in the playoffs in Edmonton what I mean when you guys uh, were, went to the final in 2006 the, the the city was going crazy the arena was in a, in a different place and you would have been traveling a lot with the team did, did you get to i'm not saying you were going to white ave and staying up till two in the morning but did you get to experience any of the vibe like what sense of it did you have while you were going through it as a player yeah, i mean yeah we certainly got the vibe i mean it's living in edmonton whether it's through the regular season and, and playing in that community um in that city is is special um everybody's involved and and fully invested in the team and that's the special part about it and uh um certainly in 2006 it was a special group no doubt and i think that you know and obviously the the interesting thing was us as an eighth seed no one really you know expected much from us and uh you know that group of players as you know um not a lot of star power but certainly a lot of heart and character and uh we were a determined group and i think the city really rallied around that and something that uh, we had in our hearts and in our minds that we were going to get there and uh we certainly gave it our best go and listen, we didn't we didn't achieve the ultimate goal and um 
but uh, we have a lot to be proud of. Well, you mentioned uh, skill, plenty of skill on this year's Oilers team, plenty of skill around the National Hockey League. Kale McCarr just blows me away almost every time I watch him. It's, you know, so much talent around the league. So I want to frame this question for you this way, because now you're, you're involved in the OHL players on your team go and play in the NHL. I feel like, and I'm really curious to get your perspective, because, you know, I, I'm an observer and I, and I watch. I feel like maybe the last five or six years, the, uh, the offensive tempo of the game in the NHL is increasing. I, I feel like the overall skill level is increasing. I said it a lot of times with Rob Brown when he and I did our post-game show. I don't think it's a 3-2 league anymore. It might be turning into a 4-3 league or even a 5-4 league. What are you seeing, and what are you seeing in, in Major Junior about that? The, you know, the next wave of the skilled guys coming? I, I think there's no question what you're saying as far as the skill level and the, the pace of the game continuing to improve i think the start of it was when the rules changed back i gotta get this right i think it was just coming out of the lockout 0405 where you couldn't hook you couldn't hold um gosh i recall my first year in the league where if a defenseman got hit below the goal line on a dump in uh the defenseman was you know upset with the forwards that were on the ice that didn't hold up their men so that would give you a good perspective on uh, how the game's changed. You can't hold up anymore. I mean, you can run a little bit of interference uh, on dumpings, but the pace and the skill and, uh, you know, long gone are the just sort of your stay-at-home players, defensemen, big and not not, not agile. And uh, that was a transition for me, to be quite honest. I mean, I was kind of a in-betweener where I was physical, but I could move well enough and I was able to survive the uh, rule changes. But I, th- I think that really looking back on it that was the real start of where the league has come uh over the years where now you have smaller players uh you know forwards and defensemen uh that can manipulate plays and and add offense and and jump into plays and and are dynamic and i think it's great for the game and um you know kale mccarr is your your sort of your poster child of that but there's been plenty of them that have come along uh, cut from that cloth, especially now now on the back end, right? Like, I mean, you still need, need to be able to defend, but the dynamic defenseman that drives play, uh, can read through layers, can pass through layers, um, becomes even more important. And you don't have to be that physical kind of, you know, big body defenseman anymore. You need an element of that for sure. But uh, I think the game continues to be... Uh, dynamic and exciting and uh i think well looking at the oilers roster i think they're blessed with a lot of that talent yeah well and it's it's uh i mean reference i don't i don't know if you ever got to meet rob brown or have talked to him over the years but he was ready to fight john tortorella when tortorella got mad at trevor's egress for doing the lacrosse style goal (laughs) i mean i I don't know what the most creative thing a guy on your on the hamilton bulldogs tried this year but uh you know kelly rudy has said on my show it's just fun watching some of the guys in warm-up now because they 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 don't feel like oh i I can't try something i don't want to show somebody up i feel like more the attitude is like if you can put the puck in that way try to put it in that way well that's another yeah for sure and we've had it in hamilton with our bulldogs team we've had a couple of those uh uh however you like the term uh, lacrosse style goals or michigan goals uh that we've had score we we've scored this year um yeah it's it's a it's an interesting you know evolution from the generation of you know where uh 
it's disrespectful to or you're not supposed to do that as a young guy. Those types of things, I think, are in the rearview mirror, which I I mean, for me in junior hockey, and it's a rewarding position to be in because you want to empower these young players to express themselves. You know, uh, obviously respect off the ice and handling yourself a certain way is something that we – make sure we hold our players accountable to. But as far as on the ice, I mean, the skill level uh, and, and all the work that these players do, and that's another thing, the off-ice conditioning and their ability to be on the ice, uh, you know, through the summer and doing those types of things, the skill development stuff wasn't really what we did back in the day. And uh, I just think it's adding more, uh, you know, amazing plays and, uh, you know, pace to the game and, I think I think the game continues to go in the right direction. So we we continually within the structure of the team, but we want to uh, let our players make sure that they use uh, uh, the skill level that they have, and uh, we want to nurture that. So I mean, for us in junior hockey, and that's what's and you see it sort of evolve into the NHL is that that's where it's at now, and I think it's an exciting brand of hockey. All right, as Steve Stales joining us uh, from from the Hamilton Bulldogs, former Oilers defenseman. So transitioning into discussion about skilled players. And, you know, running a junior team and you sort of have those go-for-it years. Here, the Oil Kings added some key guys, including Caden Gooley, who won the playoff MVP in the Western Hockey League. And I would say, at least from my view out here in, in Edmonton for the Hamilton Bulldogs, that guy was Mason McTavish. Tell us about that acquisition and, and how important that turned out to be for your team. Well, it's critical. I mean, in the position that I'm in, I feel like it's my responsibility if the group shows that they're determined and and ready to go uh, on a championship run. It's the general manager's responsibility to be able to add to the team where he sees fit. And um, I think, really, to be quite honest, you know, watching Mason McTavish at at the NHL level this year, uh, even as an 18-year-old, you didn't expect him to come back to our league. Uh, and then when he was, I was pretty quick on the phone with, uh, you know, the, the folks in Peterborough on uh, what their ambitions were for this season. So, you know, it's just part of a general manager's job to explore those uh, opportunities for your group. So, um, yeah, we coveted Mason. We loved him in his draft year. Um, we weren't able to get him. He, he went a few picks before us and, uh, you know, he's the type of player that, yeah, he's a third overall NHL pick, and, and he's, you know, that type of player. And, but the really impressive thing about this young man is he just seamlessly, like sometimes when you add a player of that caliber to a group, uh, there's a little bit of a transition period, but this kid's just a hockey player, and he comes in with amazing character, leadership, determination, work ethic, a little bit of an old-school guy like that. So there was nothing... Uh, that really all he did was add to the group and was part of the group and moving forward. So he was a key addition, but certainly the group was the one, was, was the key factor to me uh, being ambitious to, to add to it, their determination, even their practice habits, all that is, is stuff that I need to evaluate to make sure that uh, it's the right time for us to go. So key credit to the group the leadership that was here even before Mason, but certainly a, a major addition for us. You guys swept the first three rounds of the playoffs, which maybe unfairly created the perception that you weren't going to be touched in the postseason. 
in the Robertson Cup final. You went to seven against Windsor. You trailed the series one nothing, two one. I saw bits and pieces of some of the games on on TSN. I thought it was a, a great series. I thought it was highly competitive. Uh, tell us a little bit about getting getting through the test that Windsor threw at you guys. Well, I think it was incredibly important. Uh, you know, obviously, like, even as a general manager watching your team, you want to win every game. Um, but you know that there's certain elements and certain, you know, levels of adversity that you need to deal with as you move forward to be able to be a championship-caliber team. So full credit to the Windsor Spitfires. I mean, they really threw everything that, that we could handle, uh, you know, at us. So... But, you know, but full credit to our group, like the, the sweeps of the first three rounds, we were, it wasn't like we were facing, you know, two, the weaker, totally weaker opponents. Like we just, we played very, very well. We were structured. We, uh, you know, we really, the players deserve the credit. They, you know, did what they did. And, but, you know, that first game read against the Windsor, we, lo- we lost in overtime. It was quite surprising to be quite honest we had we had gone a long time without losing a game and to feel that and to see that see the reaction of the players uh, was something that we had to deal with quickly uh you know now, now you're in a series and you got a really strong opponent Windsor like I said and and uh it was more of a mental challenge than anything and I think the expectations really kind of squeezed our players at first uh going into the series so um you know obviously Incredibly happy that we won the series, but the way that it went down, I think, is only going to help us uh, moving into the Memorial Cup. And the Memorial Cup's a, a different animal because it's a long season in Major Junior Hockey, and then you know the playoffs are like the NHL. I know the QHL did things a little bit differently this year, but you got to win four rounds. You got to win best of sevens. I mean, Jay McKee's done a great job coaching you guys. Does does the does the approach have to change in a shorter tournament, or is it? I asked Carter Such from the Wilkings the same question in the last half hour. Or are you just going to tell me, look, a hockey game is a hockey game. you got to go out and win it regardless of, of how long the, the competition is. Well, no, it, it certainly is different. I mean, our experience in 2018 proved that, like, you know, this team and the 2018 team are similar with the depth that we have. Um, you know, but I think the mindset for the individual – is going to be or the players individually and as a group is uh single game elimination type of mindset so and that's why i'm thankful that we had a game seven i mean we rolled into a game seven in our building we had just under twelve thousand fans in the building the expectations were all that sort of stuff those types of pressures you can only talk to your players about until they actually feel it and they're on the ice and going through those situations i don't think that you can replicate that in any other way other than experience so that's why I'm glad that that happened because when you go into the Memorial Cup you're playing essentially you're playing a game seven every game and so it does change um, I don't think the mindset of the players the determination and the way we play doesn't change but certainly I think there's a little bit of an added emphasis on each play and, and uh, you know if we're playing against Windsor and we were going in with those expectations and the tension that we went into in that series, it probably would have been done earlier if it was sort of single elimination or a shorter type of series. So it, there's a different mindset. There are, you know, the Memorial Cup is an incredible event. We were very lucky to be part of it uh, in 2018, got to experience it, and I want our players to enjoy that. But there are some distractions. You know, families flying in, it's a different event. So 
all those types of things I think that we dealt with in 2018 we can learn from going into 2022 yeah okay well Steve it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you I know Oilers fans love to hear from you and um they would probably usually wish you good luck on the Memorial Cup. That may not be their sentiment in the, in this season. But uh, congratulations on winning the Ontario Hockey League. And love having you on the show. I really appreciate your perspective. I appreciate it, Reed. Okay. That is Steve Stales, the former Oilers defenseman who uh, is now the president of the Hamilton Bulldogs who uh, won the Ontario Hockey League in seven games. And, yeah, they went to the uh, Memorial Cup in, uh, in 2018, they had a 2-1-1 record. They wound up in the semifinal against Regina and uh, were beaten 4-2 uh, in that game. Regina was the uh, the host team. And uh, then you had uh, a, a Katie Bathurst winning the final in Regina. I gave those uh, I gave those stats a few days ago. I guess it was, was it Tuesday on Inside Sports or was it last week? It was a bit of a blur about how poorly the WHL has done. I, I was talking about WHL champions, not years like uh, they had Regina as the host. But yeah, the, anyway, the last WHL team to win the Memorial Cup is the Oil Kings in 2014. 19-9 now, uh, Toronto leading Montreal early in the fourth quarter in the Canadian Football League tonight. And the Warriors have taken control three minutes into the second quarter against the Celtics, leading at uh, 37-25. We'll call a quick timeout. Back for some final thoughts inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chet. All right. So uh, the Edmonton Elks will be taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Saturday in the home opener. Interesting week for receiver Caleb Hawley. He was let... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Go by the green and gold. And now he's back and he's on the active roster. He was talking about getting cut and then how he found out he's coming back. Um, Everything just happened so fast, like... I can't even explain it, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, I mean, I was going to go home and stay ready anyway. So, yeah. I mean, get in the car, what, an hour or two right after you land or right before I land, actually. Yeah. I mean, it was a blessing. So, you know, I'm just happy for the opportunity again. So how far did you get? Where did you go to in the last I few? went all the way back home. To? To uh, Vegas, Las okay. Vegas, yeah. All right. So. As soon as I land, I get a text, don't unpack. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is going on? <laughs> so as soon as I called him, he was like, hey, coming back, man. I was like. So we're to book your flight. I'm like, all right, cool. We're home for like an hour. Came right back. So there, he goes to Vegas. He has to turn around and come right back. That is Caleb Hawley. And Darrell Walker, by the way, for the Elks, uh, is out for the game on Saturday. So that's a loss for Edmonton going into that one. And David Beard says uh, he knows, uh, offensive lineman David Beard says he knows they are taking on a very talented Riders defense. 
Yeah, I mean, like you got to respect them. They're they're uh, they're a talented group. It's it's something that we just got to prepare for and take care of. Every team has has a, a great set of players, and uh, whether it's on the D line or elsewhere, you got you got to be able to handle the great players, right? And that's that's often what dictates games is uh, how the great players perform. And so if we can take care of their defensive front, I think we'll have a pretty good chance. So um, yeah, goal is to come out clean, keep quarterback upright, and uh, nothing short of that. Well, and uh, the Elks really got to turn the tables here, beaten by 44 points by the BC Lions last Saturday. Beard talking about bouncing back from that. Last week, in no uncertain terms, was a disappointment. But mark my words, we came in this week with our chins up. We were ready to ball. I think uh, Coach Jones talked about it. We came in fiery on day two even, and we had some great competition this week. So, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a dogfight in there. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's got their chins down. So. Saturday night, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30, Chad. And the actual kickoff will be at 7.30. Get more on the uh, FIFA decision. Edmonton will not host World Cup games in 2026 on 6.30Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Lisa Grant from the Alberta Soccer Association, the executive director, was on Inside Sports earlier. You also heard from Steve Sales, Carter Such, and Jed Roberts. Look for the podcast of Inside Sports, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to have you on board. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy and Derek Scott, your studio producers this evening. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.